Welcome to Weird World. Welcome to Weird World. Weird. God damn it. Weird World. Weird World. Weird World Podcast. Weird World. God damn it. Weird World. Which I can't freaking say. So I'm going to say those two words for me, please. Weird World. Weird World. That show. Dad, shut your mouth. Rachel, the Forgotten Daughter. Okay, let's talk about Satan. He was never. Oh. I want to be a science teacher. <laughs> uh, and we'll have to put a picture of Aaron's bangs on our. Oh, our shit. Oh, yes. <laughs> there you have it. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast, where we talk about Weird World. Well, okay. I mean, that is correct. More anyway, else. hello, I'm Jack. I'm Carrie. I'm Aaron. I'm Dean. And actually, today is part one of Mysterious Deaths, or Mysterious Dead People. We're not sure. Three-parter. Three-parter. We're going to start today with the famous Tamam Shud case from Australia. I thought we were going with who dead dead person. Oh, my God. No. no, no. Yeah. Oh, that's in your head. Oh, who dead dead person. I'm not going I'm into it. No. Who dead like daddy. That. That's good, but no. Ha ha, three against one. Yeah. Who dead daddy. But, Democracy. That's what I'm tweet. Democracy, but I'm going to write the intro, so. Um, yeah, but who types it into uh, the computer machine? Right, who dat dead people? Who dat dead person? Part Part two. Part two, next week, will be uh, the Isdal woman, and part three will be the famous Peter Bergman case. But again, part one, we're going to start with the very, very famous especially in Australia, where it happened. Tamam Shud case is one of the strangest mysteries in the history of Australia. Starts with a dead body. What? Who's an unidentified, found on a beach, and it just gets weirder and more layered from there. The more you dig, the more weird it gets. So let's start digging people, shall we? Adelaide. Australia, who knows where Adelaide is? Girl, it's in Australia. All right. South Australia, kind of south central, more or less. South central, what's up? No, no, no. Just like south central LA that you're Mm -hmm. probably thinking of. Okay, no, not at all. Um, The man would be called the Summerton Man because he's found on the Summerton Beach near Adelaide. Uh, In Australia, apparently, he's also called the, uh, more widely known as the Unknown Man, which I didn't know, which is not, it's kind of nondescript. So we're going to call him the Summerton Man. That's boring. And we're going to call it the Tamam Shoot Case. We'll find out in a little while why we call it that. Okay? December 1st, 1948. The corpse of a person was noticed in a little town called Glen Elg. Uh, Glen Elg, by the way, is a palindrome. G-L-E-N-E. Yeah. I read and pointed out, by the way, it's very rare because it's a palindrome. I guess there are very few cities that are actually palindromes, but, you know, so I thought I'd point that out, too, even though I found it uninteresting when I read it. Um, it's about seven miles away from, uh, from Adelaide proper. It's on the beach. Some people noticed a man, a corpse, lying on his back, at uh, like his head propped up against a seawall. Um, What's a seawall? Like, like a a seawall. Well, it's kind of a retaining wall. You know how some beaches have like that that uh, ivy or something before you get to the sand, and yeah. sometimes a retaining oh. wall will be in front of it because yeah. it's a slope and the sand is flat. You know, the sandy beach part is flat. That's what it was. It's very low. It's like two feet maybe or so. So like actually high. like a little concrete wall or a little, stone yeah, wall like stone or wall something like that. Me, yeah, little okay. concrete stone wall. So uh, a local jeweler named John Lyons was out walking his dog along the beach. And he spots this man early in the morning, about, I, I guess, before even 7 a.m., and again, on December 1st, 1948. 
he it's it's the wall is just below like a stairway too down the slope to the beach below the crippled children's home Wait. their word their word not mine this is 1948 they still called it the crippled children's home yeah but the crippled kids get a home right on the beach that's not bad true. that's true like governor chris christie hey. <laughs> oh my god speaking of crippled children i'm gonna date us Damn. yeah very much it's okay um but then he realized, so he thought he was just some drunk laying there. Again, it's a, it's a fully dressed man in nice clothes, his head kind of propped up at an angle against the wall. Otherwise, he's flat on his back on the sand. Um, he thought he was a drunk, but then he realizes, wait a second, that's the same guy I saw last night when I was taking a walk on the beach in the exact same position. Oh, yeah, he did. So he goes, no, no one's that heavy of a sleeper. So I went to check, and yep, he was dead. So... The dead man, okay, so let's let's give a description of him. He's fully clothed, he has like a white button shirt on, his slacks, his head is propped up against the base of the low wall like he's taking a nap. His legs were out, but his feet were crossed. Oh, like like ankle over ankle kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, I do that, it's comfy. It is comfy. There was an unlit or, or half-smoked cigarette on his collar. I've I read it both ways. So let's say more likely it was half-smoked, almost like well, it yeah. just sort of fell out of his mouth as he's, lay, he's smoking. And yeah, it fell out of his mouth, right? That sounds, yeah, irresponsible. <laughs> well, yeah, well, if you're well. dying, it's less so. <laughs> so, authorities searched his pockets. They found an unused rail ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach, which is another beach locale. is is north, but again nearby Adelaide. They found a bus ticket that apparently was not used, and they found. Um, some other needle things. An aluminum American comb. I don't know what makes it American. Uh, probably the manufacturer. It said USA. Okay, let's go with that. USA. <laughs> no, it was racist. Yeah. But shut. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Maybe it said American on it. Maybe so. Maybe so. It said American slash racist. Okay. God damn you. <laughs> they found a half empty pack of juicy fruit gum. Hell yeah. Juicy fruit's been around for a long time. Wrigley. Yeah. Damn. Wrigley's. I didn't know that. Is an old really? ass. I didn't know it was that. Well, I guess I did. They got a field named after them. Damn. That's how old they are. Well, because they owned it too. That helps. Well, you yeah, I know. Them. You can name the field after yourself. That's not But that's an old ass field. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a baseball team. Every field is old. This is a fucking field really? to me. Every field is old. Really big. Well, brand new baseball stadium, but the field is old. Right? You know, if What about a magnetic field? Everything would be a field. Okay. Uh, they found an army club pack of cigarettes. But it, so the, brand was, the, the cigarette pack was by army club. I guess it's a brand of cigarettes. But inside, was a, uh, the cigarettes were Kensitas. What is that? We'll find oh, another uh, cigarette? Another a, a, a oh. different type of cigarette. And they also found a box of matches. So they would find oh, more of his yeah. belongings later on, much later on, and it would send the investigation in a crazy new direction, but we'll get to that in a minute. We're going to do this more or less linear, more or less. Uh, so witnesses started coming forward, right? Asking around, hey, who saw the dead guy? Who dead dead guy? Who saw him? Oh, who dead daddy? Uh, they reported that seeing him, some people reported seeing him the night before, that is November 30th. Keep these dates in mind. So he's found in the morning, December 1st, 1948, uh, they, they put out the word. People say, yeah, I saw him there the night before on November 30th. Lyons himself, the, the, the guy who found him the next morning, and his wife were out strolling on the beach, and they saw him there about 7 p.m. Okay? Keep that in mind. Time will be semi-important here. Was he in the same position? Exact same position. Ugh. They were only about 20 yards or so from him when they saw him. So they recognized him, and they were sure it was him the next morning. That's key as well, because there are some theories that it wasn't him, but it, it was. Let's just nip that in the bud. Why would it not be? He was lying on his back, same place, same position. His, his, um, while he was lying there, his arm fully extended, his right arm went up, 
fully extended and then fell down limply back into the sand. Okay. Like he was a marionette. Kind of. Yes. Pinocchio. Like uh, that. Pinocchio. That, no, that, uh, what's the band Justin Timberlake was in? I'm blaming Oh, Insane. Insane. Yes. Bye, bye, bye. The bye, bye, bye video. Great video. <laughs> Iconic 90s. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. They had puppets in that? They were marionettes. Just dance. Uh, they had a dance sequence. Uh, got, it, got it. I'm going to have to Google that one. Do it. I'm not, I'm not going to Google that one. <laughs> I don't know that. Sorry. Six in. Not a fan at all. Not even <gasps> fake. Not even now? Get out of my no. face. Is that, one just, is that the band Justin Timberlake was in? She, that's yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. She, she literally just said Oh, you said yeah. Justin Timberlake? Do you listen to every other sentence? <laughs> uh, with you? I try. Not always easy. So yeah, a, a different couple saw him sometime between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. Apparently from above, so again, there's like a, a stairway right there a little bit um, to the to his his left, and it goes up toward the crippled children's home <laughs> over the slope. And I think this couple was from, saw him from above. At least they describe him as if they're looking at him from above. They noticed they had these nice clothes on. They thought it was odd. Are we still the night before? Yes, okay. exactly. So they saw him after John Lyons and his and his and his wife saw him and he raised his arm this couple saw him about a half hour or so later were, were stricken were struck by how he just kind of looked out of place in this case now his left arm was splayed out away from his body on the sand they did not see him move the entire half hour that they had him in view didn't move a muscle to the point where I guess the boyfriend even like like huh that guy might that guy must be dead uh, just kind of joking about it the mosquito he was not reacting to mosquitoes and I guess there was a lot of nasty ass mosquitoes there. why do people do that a lot I feel like when people think somebody is dead but they are scared of it and they don't really want it to be true but they're also not sure yeah they say oh they're dead because I saw this snapchat on Twitter about. of this girl this lady just like she was uh obviously at her eyes closed and was leaned back and had her mouth wide open and the person who posted this tweet sent a snapchat of the lady and said this lady fell asleep or she said no what did she say same girl and then the next snapchat was oh my god she died you guys i am so sorry <laughs> it's like <laughs> paramedics on. surrounding her body <laughs> so, they, so yeah. people say that as yeah. a joke yeah well this couple said that they didn't really think he was dead really well, maybe they did and they just when they're telling the police about that, no, no, we didn't think he was dead because they didn't oh, know about until, until the next day. Yeah, I watch a dead sea lion slowly slowly okay. to the Okay, okay, now you just can bring it right down. It's fine about dead people. It's dead sea lions, no. Yeah. We didn't ask but that. But then it came back up. So how is it relevant? Then me and the French tourists. No, the word, to try that word again. French tourists. There you go. They were speaking French and I was like, oh, oui, baguette, oh. Maybe they're from Quebec. You ever think about that? Maybe they're from French Guiana. Maybe they were from New Caledonia. They were Did you super, think about that? Um, they didn't say maple syrup once. So okay. I know for a fact they they're were from Okay, that cuts France. out Quebec. Okay. Exactly. Um, all the witnesses agreed that he was in the same position as when he was found. So he'd basically been lying like that since 7 p.m. the night be before, uh, 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 November 30th till December 1st, when, when apparently he was found something like 6 or 7 a.m. I have a problem. Yes. What's your problem? Is it have anything to do with this, by the way? You want to be drinking? <laughs> I am a. I'm a huge alcoholic, yeah. and I need some help. I'm, you uh, keep saying he was lying. Is it lying or laying? I don't, he, I don't know. Wait, you he's lie, lying you down. Lie, you lay something down. Yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. People are here. You. Yeah. yeah. You lie down. Mm -hmm. I lie down. He's lying down. He was lying down. You lay someone to said. rest. Okay. Was that really critical? It's bothering me. Okay. All right. 
so we have to assume that he had. Uh, we have to assume he had not been there all that long before he was first seen by uh, John Lloyd at 7 p.m. lying in that position because otherwise, wouldn't he, you'd think other witnesses would have have come by and noticed him before that time. So let, let timeline wise, we assume he was he had you know gone into that position on the beach against the seawall not too long before 7 p.m. on November 30th. Now, another witness uh, later on, much, much later, would claim to have seen a well-dressed man carrying another well-dressed man on his shoulder along the beach on that same night. That's not suspicious at all. It's not what? suspicious at all. They're just friends. No, this person, this person came forward in 1959, 11 years later. Oh. I am going to view that with yeah. a very yeah. high degree of suspicion. That's I, I think that's almost certainly not sense. Not just anything, a grain of salt, a pound of salt. A pound, yeah. About maybe a, a ton of salt. I, I mean, anytime, anything, evidence should be, if there's a hierarchy of evidence, is it's the closer to the event, the stronger you should believe in that yeah, evidence. Before it gets famous. Exactly. And this was very, very famous. So, okay. So here's what we know about the Summerton Man. Let's, let's, let's talk about the missing deer. After uh, the medical examiner took a look at him and made some observations, they said that for some reason the ME thought that he might be British. I don't know why he didn't speak to him. So he had bad teeth. Uh, maybe I don't know. Get the London look. He and was a key bag stuck in his ear. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. He was forty to forty-five years old, but he was in really, really okay character. Ooh, was really it kind of cigarette ear? Um, no, 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 I don't think so. Army club, yeah, that sounds like an American kind of cigarette. I, yeah, they probably, I don't know what they were. They were he was about 5'11", that's 180 centimeters to our friends overseas or in every other country but ours. That's how tall I am, so you can picture me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Can you sound like a God. toddler? That's how tall I am. Me too. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, a 5'11 toddler. <laughs> I'm, I'm Tom Hanks years and old. You sound like... Hello, my name is Jack. I'm 5'11". <laughs> I like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Don't we all, though? My favorite is Leonardo. Uh, you're, you're right. Wow. If I was Damn. a Ninja Turtle, I'd be Van Gogh's ear that he cut off. That'd be my Ninja Turtle name. Van Gogh's ear? <laughs> that he cut off. Hey, good name for a band. Van Gogh's ear. <gasps> there probably is Maybe. a... What about... Uh, not a good name for a girl, Post pop Probably. Monet's removed uh, lens. No. That's no. a little bit more. It doesn't roll niche. off the tongue. Yeah, it is. More. Very little people. That's a pop, pop, post, pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, let me describe him. He's 40 to 45, 5'11, light brown to ginger hair, graying at the temples. He had very broad shoulders, but a narrow waist. He had kind of soft hands. At least hands, he was not a manual laborer. Soft hands. And he had well kept manicured nails. So, what? He, you know, his big and little toes met in kind of a wedge shape. Uh -huh. So they theorized that maybe he was like a dancer, um, something like, or at least wore pointed shoes of some sort because it, it, that, for a long time, uh, or unless it was something genetic, I don't know, but it, it didn't seem like it was. He also had spectacular calves. So like, of course he was a dancer. That Honestly, so people thought uh, yeah. maybe a dancer or maybe oh, yeah. a runner or an athlete of some sort. He did a lot of calf raises. Yes, a lot. I have been told I have pretty good calves. Okay, next. Um, I've been told I have good calves uh, when you? I play soccer. I was no, told, when you're a farmer. I was Bye. Told I have good defender calves, and I was like, okay. That was the way of saying that you couldn't be forward. Yeah. Goals. It was being nice. Uh, it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> gently nudging you towards your true niche. I was called the best defense. Well, that was when you weren't throwing up in the bushes. Because yes. it was like 79 degrees. That was before I threw up in the bushes. Fun fact, I've thrown up in uh, bushes a four lot. times in four my times. life. Mm -hmm. Two times, we're back to back. 
same no two days Monday Tuesday thank you for that. good 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 uh, detail on a sunny morning <laughs> on a no it was a cool morning no okay he wore a white shirt a nice you know button up like suit type shirt a red and blue tie brown trousers that's for you hell fucking yeah socks and shoes were also brown and a brown knitted pullover with a nice jacket you know sports coat was actually very nice as well made oh so he was, he was again he was considered kind of well dressed here's where the misty really begins though all of the identifying labels on all of his clothes almost all of his clothes we'll find out later but on the clothes he was found in had been uh, carefully removed of classic mm-hmm. he had no hat this is a time when every man was wearing a hat. So yeah. The hat was kind of weird. 19, oh, 1940. Yeah, 1948. Uh, he had no wallet also. So clearly, either he was meant to be not identified by himself or someone else. They checked his um, teeth. They, they couldn't match his dental records with anyone, at least in Australia. I don't know how they do that, you know, beyond Australia. But they couldn't, they couldn't find a match that way. Uh, so they embalmed his body on December 10th, 10 days after, which is kind of a little, it had been unclaimed. It's a little bit odd. He's unidentified and it's not that long a- after. But they embalmed his body and they buried him. And, uh, you know, that was kind of it. Later, though, in June of 1949, okay, a later inquest, uh, just to kind of fill out his appearance, would find that his, or at least comment that his shoes were, were spotless. They're clean, like they're freshly. Um, shined right which is a little weird because he had been presumably walking around the beach and around town all day we'll get the timeline of when he arrived but he had been there since the morning so not if he was carried Ooh, shit. some people actually think that is part evidence that he was carried or that yeah. he was dumped there in some i mean way. that man mm-hmm. uh some people did most people don't also though there was no sign of vomiting on site um so I, you know, I wasn't there. Yeah, I wasn't there in 1945. 48. 48. Yeah. Sorry. So, so the, one of the, the medical examiners, though, thought that this indicated that it, he, he took this to mean that wasn't the same man that had been seen there the night before. Why? Because there's no vomiting and his shoes, you know, like, like so it was a different person. So it, wait, that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not following. All the, I don't follow. Well, like, um, oh, well, if he died, of, if, if Summerton man died of poisoning, which we'll get to right now or in a minute. Yes, we'll get to right now. Um, then you know there should poison, most poisons induce vomiting. That's so what they I thought too. Vomiting, so maybe you know uh, they thought, and, and the shoes were all shined, so they thought this person he was oh. in the dump, or he just got there at six a.m., not seven p.m. the night before. Um, so I, I think almost no one believes that. I think, and, and the witnesses all swore absolutely it was for sure the same person. Mm-hmm. And again, some were very very close to him. So, so what did kill him? This is this is pretty important. What done killed what, him? What, as Carrie would say, who done killed that man? What done made him dead? Mm-hmm. The coroner determined he had died around two a.m. on December first. So he was laying there for a long time before well, he died. All yeah, in the exact same position. Remember, he had been seen at seven p.m. and was seen from seven p.m. to at least eight p.m. When presumably it probably got dark and no one's out on the beach anymore. Um, cool. This is summertime. Yeah, but cool how damage. cold does it get at night in Adelaide by the beach? Probably, Probably not. not that cold. Yeah, Very I don't think it would all. be cold enough no. to mess up the time. Of no, that. I don't think no. so either. There is a good reason for it, but still, it's, it's at least for now, it seems anom- anomalous that he was dead at 2 a.m. on December 1st, when he, yeah. so, which means he, he was lying like that for seven hours. So what? He must have been paralyzed. Uh, yeah. But then his arms were waving and flailing. No, well, yeah. The one. His right arm went up, 
and at some point his left arm was splayed out. And we'll have that some pictures. Like, we'll have some pictures, by the way. But that was like around seven, to seven eight, to eight p.m. Oh, so that was yeah. early. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. that probably could have been because of poison. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Muscle mm-hmm. yeah he was exactly. trying to say, "Hey, I need help," and help. nobody came, and his hand was like down. What yeah. poisons attack the nervous system? For sure, it was not any kind of wound. It was also declared not a heart attack, which seems odd in, in light of what we'll talk about in a minute. Um, one person has theorized, one investigator later on, much later, I mean like like relatively current times, has theorized that it was natural causes. Bear with me, because it's complete nonsense. Ooh. That he being, he said that he'd been, they theorized that he'd been recovering from bout of malaria or maybe mononucleosis, because he had a very, very enlarged spleen. We'll talk about that in a minute also. Just a spleen. <laughs> you know, huge, like a, a spleen three times the size of normal spleen. Oh, that's never good. Maybe he was working it out. Maybe. The spleen, yeah. To this investigator, that indicated that maybe he uh, had the, okay, he was fa- his stomach was found in remains of a pasty, which is like a, a meat pie. It's very, very popular in Australia. Our friends in Australia love them meat pies. Yeah. Not the nipple cover. No, not that. That's different, what I Different thought. kind of pasty. That would be wild. That would be weird. I ate a lot of pasties. Hell yeah. The meat pies? No, the nipple covers. No Whoa. nipple uncovered. That's his motto, no nipple uncovered. Janet Jackson. Free the um, nipple. He, uh, th- so they, they theor- this person theorized that the sulfites in the pasty caused an allergic reaction that killed him. In this case, the, you know, kind of conspiracy theory, air quotes, that he was poisoned and all that goes with it is actually vastly more it it passes Occam's razor more so than the sulfite assuming yeah. he had malaria thing it's just it's especially because people would be dying from drinking wine all the damn time yeah. if they begin sulfite allergic reactions are. oh yeah. sulfites are preservatives and they're found like in wine and beer naturally and occurring in wine and, and they're so artificially in fermented things yes but they're artificially in uh, like meat pies for instance to uh, most a lot of foods as a preservative, right? Yeah. Yeah, anti-browning. And I did a little, a little research on sulfites, and allergic reactions to them are very, very rare, and fatal allergic reactions are virtually unheard of, so mm-hmm. that was nonsense. So what did, did kill him? Well, he had a ton of congested blood all over his body. Ooh. Tons of it. Yeah. His, the small vessels in his brain were massively enlarged. That's a stroke. Um, all his organs, basically, his, his, um, his pharynx, his gullet, his duodenum, Oh, that's in your uh, pancreas. Tons of blood in his stomach. That makes me think of snake venom for some reason right away. Blood clots? Mm. It should. We'll get to what it was. We're pretty sure what it was. Uh, Both kidneys, the liver, and of course the spleen was again three times the size, three times too big, kind of like the opposite of the Grinch's heart. Um, (laughs) So basically his organs had been flooded with blood. But uh, until Cindy Lou who got a hold of that mm-hmm. motherfucker and that heart like grew. Two times too big? Or wait, was it some? Large? Maybe three times it too broke. big. It broke. All I know is it broke that weird x ray. Yeah. yeah, remember? I don't forget. So he had an enlarged heart. So he was in a serious medical condition. Yeah. And no, yeah. He, no. Wow. But maybe Cindy Lou who should be a prime suspect yeah. here, too. Prime suspect, too. When he dies of heart failure. Mm hmm. It's clean. He had last eaten the pasty about three to four hours before death. Now, if that's true, that means. He'd eaten the pasty at eleven between eleven and twelve p.m. on November thirtieth. We know Which that he was he sitting there yeah. from seven to eight p.m. So uh, the timeline doesn't work with that time of death. Something's yeah. wrong with that. Um, but I think the time of death is off. It should be earlier. Either the time of death is off, off, or he eat the pasty. You know, I'll give you six thirty p.m. but not eleven or twelve p.m. Um, and that, again, that doesn't jive with what what the witnesses saw there. Yeah. But here's the key: what caused all that congestion? In his organs, the blood. Uh, the the everybody examined it came to the same 
conclusion, except for the sulfite guy, yeah. that he had to be poisoned. Yeah. The problem was they did their toxicology, I guess, and they can find absolutely no trace of any lethal poison in his well, body whatsoever. That they tested for. Yeah, that's true. He, but he thought, so they, so they theorized, and he thought just given the bodies, uh, what happened to him, what killed him, that it was some kind of a barbiturate of a, quote, soluble hypnotic so basically sleeping pills oh. or some deriv derivative there is no thanks so that i mean that is a, some poison of some kind didn't think it was in the pasty but that's all they that's all they they did so that's when they embalmed him and and um after this initial coroner's request in early january 1949 and um nothing else they can do or was there i told you this case keeps on giving so january 14th not long after the coroner's uh, 1949 so this is about um, a month and a half after he's di he died, right? Coroner's request is over. He's buried. He's embalmed and buried. Some workers at the Adelaide Adelaide train station discover a brown suitcase with no label. It was still there after being checked into the cloakroom way back on uh huh November, November 30th, 1948 Whoa. at 11 a.m. So they finally Ooh. realized, hey, we should look into that. It's been six weeks. They do, and I get they probably read that this, this was well covered in the newspapers. And they probably, you know, they, they connected it with the Summerton Man, the dead man found a month and a half ago. So, um, in the suitcase, they found typical clothes, you know, like like pajamas and, and shirts and stuff like that, including a pair of pants, by the way. I'm sorry, trousers. Hell yeah. Trousers. With sand in the cuffs, which to me is interesting because he had only been there that day. So, he's there from 11 a.m. or so, actually from 10 something, and we'll go to the timeline in a minute. Uh, in the morning until he's seen lying against the seawall at 7 p.m. Which means he changed, if, if the sand in the cuffs was from there, from his walking around the sand there in, in, in Glen Elg, then uh, he changed his pants or someone changed his pants for him. They also found a screwdriver, a table knife cut into kind of a short little weapon, a pair of scissors that also had sharpened points, a, paw, a small piece of zinc that mm -hmm. they thought was used as a sheath for the knife and the scissors. Which I'm confused oh. by. So it's not the metal that they put metal objects into. I, it would, I guess, had they could insert it to have like a knife for these things, huh. kind of, but a little one for okay. the knife and the. I, I've seen the pictures of, of the suitcase laid out, and I don't, I don't notice what's clearly the, the, the small piece of zinc they're referring to. Is what is this? Well, how smaller than is the I, knife and the scissors? He's, it, the, the, they said the knife was cut into a small weapon, and scissors oh. could be pretty small as well. It so could be like eyebrow knife. scissors. Yeah. They also, yeah. <laughs> they also found uh, a stenciling, like a stenciling, stenciling brush like those used by uh, merchant ships to stencil to uh, cargo, to, you know, to identify cargo. And they also found a type of wax thread. It was orange wax thread that was not made in Australia, not typically found in Australia. But they did match that thread to repair in the pocket of the pants he was wearing. Oh. So they know. So and so they're you know they know it was his and and um, it was his suitcase. The, there's a couple odd things that were not there too. There were no spare socks, which seems kind of weird. He had spare clothes for everything else. Oh, he's just gross. Uh, yeah, he's wearing the same pair of socks. I don't think so. And there were no letters in there, even though there were pencils and unused stationaries if he was going to write letters, but there were no letters um, in there. I guess it's not that odd, but the socks are odd. Um, you know, too. I went out of town and forgot my socks. Maybe you just forgot them. You stinky little. Oh, that's right. We had to go store and buy socks for you. Yes. yes. All right. Maybe and how much do you socks carry? Yeah. 
Two dollars. Yeah, it's a good deal. On sale at the sock shop. Sock shop. Sock shop. Um, Yes, that's a thing that exists in Lake Tahoe. On sock shop. There were literally two sock shops in the same little shopping center. That's the same right, is it? Competition. Yeah, that seems weird though. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're affiliated. I love good socks. You know me. Are they both money laundering outlets? Oh, yeah. I should have said that because now they can. We're we're kidding. Um, Liable. Yeah. (laughs) Here too, all these clothes in the suitcase, labels, and identifying marks have been removed. Except a tie had the name T Keen K E A N E. So T, yeah, um, initial, initial K E A N E, like the band, like like the manufacturer of the tie or no, the, a name, uh, okay. like a mark, like somebody uh, wrote that on the tag. A okay. laundry mark had Keen spelled as K E A N E on it, and a singlet, which I found out through further research, is a tank top. Yes. Under, you'd wear as an undershirt in Australia. They call them singlets. I know. I had to that. wear one when I was on the wrestling team no, in eighth like grade. That. It's not that. But it's the same shape. Yeah, no, it's just a tank top. It's oh, okay. We would call it a tank top. Oh, so okay. a tank top undershirt. That's weird. Yeah, that's why it was weird, because they call that a singlet. Here in America, a singlet is a, is a wrestling outfit. A onesie. A onesie, yeah, basically. Um, that a singlet had keen with no E on it. There were also three... Wait. So it's spelled differently. Huh? Said no e. Keen. There's K-E-A-N. two e's. Oh. K-E-A-N. Yeah, said no e. So I was like, no e at the end. Oh. There were three dry cleaning marks on his clothes. They said one said one one seven one slash seven, another said four three nine three slash seven, and the other said three zero five three slash seven. I say that in case you people out there want to make something. I have no idea what the hell that means. No. Nope. Um, so this is weird. Right? Why were those tags left off when everything else had, had been delabeled and identified? <laughs> some uh, some of the police surmised that maybe the Keen stuff was left on purpose. That that was not oh, a red herring. That was kind of a red herring, exactly. What do you think? I can see it. If, it, if it's like a, a spy of some sort, they would do that Ooh, shit. Let's get to that. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Uh, alternatively, though, one person thought that maybe those tags were the only ones that would have damaged the clothes. If they were removed, at the time yeah. I could see that, but the T-shirt. Yeah, no, I removed I tags so. on my T-shirt. If you're really going to, if you really want to mask your identity and, and, and Keen is your real name, you don't give a shit if you slightly damage your tie. You're gonna yeah. take yeah. the label, so that I, that's yeah. nonsense. I, I think they were clearly. I I agree with the police. They were left there to be because it wasn't his name. To be a little bit confusing. So who was this? Um, Police also, by the way, they, they searched for someone named T. Keen. They couldn't find anyone in any English-speaking country that they searched. Uh, the dry cleaning marks. They couldn't find a T. I know. I know. I thought the same thing. I guess that that fit his, his description. It was missing, maybe. Too. And also missing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But anyway, they, they, the name alone didn't leave them. Didn't get them anywhere. Uh, the dry cleaning marks found nothing. The only thing that actually helped a little bit was that the coat in the suitcase was likely made in, in America, in the USA. Oh. Since it had a front gusset and feather stitching. Okay. That told them that's American. Gussets are things that they sew in to, um, so you can have be a little more uh, maneuverable in your arms or the hip area thingies. Why is that I mean, American? I didn't have to look that up because so I had you no can, idea. What are you talking about? I thought you were talking about the suitcase. The suit. The, 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 oh, the, suit, suit. the jacket in the suitcase oh. that they found. Oh, well, okay. They found the suitcase six weeks after they found him. So it's like two separate incidents where they find these right, right. delabeled yeah. clothes. D-label's not a word, is it? It is now. Why not? Let's do it, Internet. Um, Also, that the jacket was the kind of jacket you'd make that you would would fit it to the person. 
So either the Sumter man had been in America or he bought it from someone of the same build and shape that had been in America because it was made and fitted to someone in the United States. Secondhand suit. It could have been, but I don't, it very well could have been that he had been in the United States and that's when he got the jacket. I can see that because so, of them cigs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? Why? Because the cigs. They well, because I feel like well, I thought Army Club. Oh, that's true. But the cigarettes inside. Oh, I thought it was a brand. It was a brand. What? Did, why do you think it's American though? Well, because it's American to name some shit Army, whatever. <laughs> we got an insurance thing <laughs> called British? the General. That could be whatever. It's not. It's not. Uh, that doesn't tell me it's American at all. Nah. And Conceitas, I have no idea. I, I think. I think they're both Australian brands. But. Let me stereotype our own nation. Right. So, um, and there. Oh, and also, um, they checked. The train station schedules, right? And they figured that the man had arrived at Adelaide train station on the morning of November 30th from an overnight train. That they, uh, I, I don't know if they had witnesses for this or not, but he went to the city baths, which is very near the train station, and it actually turns out it's more like a like a swimming area. Oh, okay, I was going to ask you, not the like city shot, baths no. or like the city baths. Okay, no, he went to a place and he took a shower and shaved, and then he came back to the Adelaide train station. And bought a ticket for the 1050 train to Henley Beach, which is up the coast, very nearby. He never used that. He checked his suitcase at the station that they'd find six weeks later, and then took a bus into Glen Elg, where he'd be found, what, uh, eight hours later, or spotted eight hours later and found the next morning. So, cause of death part due. They had another coroner's inquest in June of 1949. So this is now over six months since he's been dead. They, uh, this threw a little bit more light on the case. A professor of pharmacology testified at that inquest and he said he thought the killing agent, the thing that killed him, was one of true two drug types. He called these drug types number one and number two. Why, you ask? Because both were extremely toxic in small doses and almost impossible to discover in a normal, normal autopsy. So he gave the coroner a slip of paper with the actual names of these two drugs on them, but he did not release them to the public and he wouldn't say them in court so they wouldn't be reported uh. in the papers because he said quote they were quite easily procurable by the ordinary individual from a chemist so he was uh, wow he didn't want to give any would-be murderer the idea for basically a perfect murder drug wow. responsible very responsible that's smart i don't blame him but again so now he was so he was killed what caused some man to die was essentially a very rare perfect murder drug it didn't sound that rare. Yeah, what do you mean well, very rare? Not rare. But it was not easily something not, but something not used as a murder drug. Yeah, something we don't associate with In 1948, with it was... It was I, I can't, I've read somewhere that it was extremely uncommon. Do we know what it is now? This. Yeah, we do. We'll, we'll oh, that in a second. Um, Thank God. We'll, Army Club cigarettes are British. Are they? Okay. Okay. Did you look at Conceitas cigarettes? No, do that it. Was, I'll do that. Conceitas, Conceitas cigarettes were found in the... the uh, the ba- uh, we'll get that in a second. I've said like seven times, haven't I? Conceitas? Uh, K-E-N-S-I-T-A-S. Oh, I was going to go Spanish with it. So the drugs were finally identified in, ni- in the 1980s. Well, they weren't identified for sure. It was... It was this it pharmacology, was this pharmacology professor... Suspected. Str- by, I mean, yes, that's fair to say, but they were. Okay. Well... Uh, we, we know. Just given the, the, the reaction in the bodies virtually certain is one of these two drugs okay uh the one of them is digitalis mm-hmm. which is now we, we know that and uh, the other was called uabane or sometimes it's also called strophanthin stro- or strophanthin uabane uh, no idea uabane let's call it strophanthin how do you spell that's much that? easier to say uh 
Both are cardiac glycosides. That is drugs oh. that produce more blood from the heart and increase the heart rate. So essentially it makes the, um, or they, essentially I think they make the heart work harder to create more blood flow. They're used for like heart failure or, or arrhythmia. Like. Uh, yeah, that's what digitalis is for. But yes, so is sozomen. So that's what caused the coagulation in his blood? Yeah, it, it caused a massive blooding um, of, of his organs from the heart. The heart produced an insane amount of blood, essentially. Huh. So more chance to get clotted? I don't know if it was clotting or, or oh, just did you say drowned that? in blood. I never said clot. No, you can play the tape, man. I thought you said it got all coagulated. Yeah. You did. Oh, I swear to God. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Congested. Oh. Congested. Oh, okay. Oh. But that... Full of blood. Clot is a full congestion, bitch. Full of blood. His organs were full of blood. Okay, okay, okay. Clotted. Oh, so, well, that's um, what you made me think. These, uh, and everyone else. <laughs> and the other two here, too, so. Yeah, well, you're all done. So, um, nice try. They're, they're not used very often, though, for these because they are so toxic. So they're, Toxic they're, by Britney Spears? Yeah, exactly. The same kind of toxic, exactly. yes. Exactly. Strophanthin, by the way, is from Africa and was used by a tribe in Somalia to poison their arrows. But otherwise, it was mm. very, very uncommon rarely, and known only by experts. Uh, these drugs should, though, induce vomiting. So that's odd that he didn't vomit, or at least he didn't vomit there. Yeah. Um, so another a little tick, mm. if you think he may have been moved there and dumped there, the fact they didn't find vomit next to his body is indicative. Although... They, I mean, they don't induce vomiting 100%, 100% of the time, so it's not impossible that he did uh, lie down there and die. Um, the, the pharmacologist noted, noted that a massive do dose of either of those two drugs could bring death seven hours later. That is, when he was last seen moving at 7 p.m. until when he died, quote-unquote, at 2 a.m., that is possible with these drugs. And they could still be undetectable even just a few hours later. In hindsight, then, uh, the, the lion couple that saw him lift his right arm in the air and have it limp, uh, drop down limply, they were probably seeing him die. They right. Probably seeing him in his death throes. Uh, he had, the, the drug had already been ingested and he would officially die. You know, so his body is starting to create. He's, he's, he's somehow rendered insensible. And I, I didn't, didn't hear anything about if they found other drugs that would have, like, say, did someone knock him out so he couldn't, you know. But I, I don't know if Digitalis would render you insensible so you can't get help but you but it took him several hours to actually you know yeah i was gonna say how long do those two chemicals take to kill people well, you said you said it could take up to seven hours i kind of so went that to fits, another place yeah, for a little bit there that fits the timeline it does fit the timeline actually. but also time i have never heard the word insensible me neither you not not in census Unconscious or at least not not you know really you've never heard insensible. No. Oh, well, now you have. Yeah, so you, you know. So you basically just mean unconscious. Not necessarily unable to, you know, speak or yes. Okay, that's insensible. So uh, he was either murdered or he killed himself. It was clearly no accident, and the instrument of his death was almost certainly one of these two toxins that are that are not common, at least not common, and and have little known properties that. Um, uh, make it easy to disguise them. Are they? Could they be administered in food, or would are they injectable? You know what I mean. I both. Does, I think both. Okay, so even Pill if you form injectable food. Okay. Cigarettes. Ooh. Ooh. Um. So that the case seemed to be closed again. Okay. Now we know how he died. Well, that doesn't more. close the case. That well, opens it, it. They hit another dead wall. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Dead wall. Sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, Brick wall. 
They didn't realize though that this was the Misty that would keep on giving. So let's bring in Mr. Omar Khayyam and the Cypher. I have to call this section that. I name my sections. Shut up. Don't judge me. <laughs> I did that for the last one. There you go. In June, uh, that, that is back in, in the same time period when they're having this this um, the second inquest. So June 1949, uh, one of the investigators took another look at the clothes. Uh, I, I believe the clothes, I don't know if it was, I think it was his clothes on his body. So they looked at the pants on his body and they found that there had been, they overlooked a little sewn in mini pocket in the pants pocket, right? Like you put a, little, a watch in, they said, something like that. In that was a tiny little scrap of paper rolled into a little tiny baby tube. They unrolled it and they found the words, Tamam. Shud, T-A-M-A-M, Shud, S-H-U-D, not Taman Shud, like it's been, a lot of sources still have it Taman, that's, that's the mistranslation, it was Tamam Shud. This means it is ended or finished in Persian, and it was the last thing on the last page of Omar Khayyam's famous book of poetry, the Rubaiyat, Rubaiyat, I don't any if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, I think Rubaiyat, yeah. Rubaiyat, let's go, let's go Rubaiyat. Uh, the other side of the paper was blank. So this was interesting to a lot of folks. A nationwide, so they said, they said let's find this book. Let's, let's try and match this and find, at least find out what book this came from. Because this, this is a, a, a very famous book of poetry and lots of different Oh, it was literally it. like cut out, cut of, out a book, of a book. Or ripped a out of a book. book. Exactly, it. yes. Okay. It, was, it was actually cut out. Okay. Um, like, a, like a little rectangle with those two words right. in it from the page of a book. Okay. A nationwide search for the copy of the, the right copy of the Rubaiyat with that word on it and the blank verso on the other verso side found nothing whatsoever. They couldn't track it down. So the police are stuck again, but they should have known by now. This this case doesn't stay completely stuck for very long. So not long after the police had gone, they went public. They said, we need your help. Here's what we're looking for, looking for a book that has these characteristics. Um, uh, so a man came forward and he said, I want to be, remain anonymous. I'm never sure why, but he wished to remain anonymous. He said, uh, I think I can help you. Here's the story. So uh, a day or two after the Summerton man was found, so early December 1948, he found a copy of the Rubaiyat on the, in the rear seat floor, or, or, or either the rear of his car, or either on the floor or on the back seat. In fact, his- um, his, his car. His car, his own car. His brother-in-law actually found it, I guess it was in the back seat, and said, hey, here's this book I found back here in your car on the floor. Uh, the, this witness's car had been parked near the beach, Summerton Beach, on that day, that uh, on November thirtieth, nineteen forty-eight. He had, uh, but he didn't notice the book right, right away. Again, his brother-in-law noticed it a little while later and gave it to him. He put it in his own glove compartment of the car because he thought it was the brother-in-law's book. The brother-in-law thought it was his book. So he didn't think anything of it. He put it in the glove compartment and forgot about it until seven months later when he sees in the paper, the police are looking They're for this looking, book. Yeah. Wow. And he says, hey, I think I have that book. So he took it to the police station and, it, and sure enough, it was not just the same copy of the Rubaiyat, it was the actual book. Because going back to that last page, cut out is, a, is the, the, the words to Manshu, they, they see a little hole mm -hmm. there on the last page of the book. So apparently this was the Sumter Man's book uh, uh, and that and that they had just tossed it in this guy's car. He said, "Yeah, my windows were. I think my windows were open. Hot day. Yeah. So huh. they're walking by this car, and either some some man or his murderer tosses this book 
into this the back yeah. seat, the back of this guy's car, just to I don't to get rid of it. Um, and, and he did it on the day he died, by the way. This book was an extremely rare 1941 edition of an 1859 translation published by this tiny little company in New Zealand. Uh, that 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 also oh. play a role. Uh, the Rubidot, by the way, just as an aside, is about living life to the fullest without any regrets. So the nat the police kind of think, given what the, he cut out, that this indicated to them suicide. Yeah, it is finished. I'm sorry, it is ended or finished, and you know, live life to the fullest kind of a thing was the theme of that book. Uh, but if so, why would he uh, use that book to write coded messages? What did I just say something about coded messages? Oh my god! I did, because now we go to the best wrinkle of this. On the inside back cover of the book were indentations from handwriting. There's also a telephone number, by the way, another unidentifiable number, and this coded text that appeared to be uh, you know, a, a, an encrypted message. There are five lines, all caps, and you can see them on Facebook. We'll put it on Facebook. Maybe we'll put it on the website. I don't know. You can see it or you can Google it. Here I'm going to read them, though. So five lines, all caps. The first line said W-R-G-O-A-B-A-B-D. The second line said M-L-I-A-O-I, -I, and it had a, a cross out through it with that second. Third line, well, I won't read them all, but there's, there's, five, there's five lines all together. The first W, by the way, was thought to be, um, on the first line was thought to be an M by a lot of people, but if you see it, look at it, and, and you'll see what I think. I think it's a W, I'm, I'm sorry, I think, yeah, it's a W, but just the uh, middle part goes up abnormally high, so to some people it looks like an M. It's not, those people are stupid. So. Um, the second line was struck out. It just had a single line, a horizontal line going through it. Almost like he screwed up and started over, right? That could be true because the fourth line is exactly the same to start, M-L-I-A, but then there's a B on the fourth line and then an O instead of an O-I on the second line that was crossed out. So it's like he was you know, doing his code or maybe he was, he was decoding and he realized he made a mistake, so he crossed it out. It's weird though that the, the third line below it was uh, a different code. It's the fourth line that has what looks like the continuation, the correct version of that second line code. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. He came back to it. He came back yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. There's also an X above the O in the fourth line, and it has two lines through it, but I have no idea. No one does. No one knows what that was meant or what that was for or if that is significant. By the way, if you guys want to see it for you podcast people, sorry. I've been looking at it. But for my audience here, uh, you can see that's the actual... Wow. Page, uh, page from the book. It kind of looks like runes, like no. Nordic runes. No, it looks like capital letters. In no, the handwriting. <laughs> oh, the handwriting? Yeah. Um, regardless, though, the police thought this was some kind of a cipher. Code experts couldn't decipher it, though. They, they tried that right away. Years later, in 1978, the Department of Defense in Australia, they had the experts there try it again, right? But they also struck out. And they, they basically said it's just not enough. Not did enough they send it to the Bletchley girls? They did not because oh they were long gone. Remember, this wasn't found until 1949. Bletchley girls were done. The war was over, Carrie. But they were long gone. No, but they're the, the war. By the way, no one found out about the Bletchley thing in like the 80s. The war. Sorry about that, Kimber. Um, many people, some people now think it's kind of it's an acrostic. That is, it was like they, they, they stood for the first words of a line. So, you know, M-L-I-A-A, whatever, those, those are all four words. If that's true, good Lord, are you, is that really going to, you can remember five sentences from the, the first letter? I don't know. That, that seems, to me, that seems really lame. Um, I don't think it's true. I think it's an actual code, and, and, and those words meant something, you know. 
So now this is an incredibly famous case in Australia. So they, what, what, what comes happens when you have very famous cases like this? Uh, Crackpots. Crackpots. Crack oh. so I was going to say people make TV. podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that podcasts. too. No. So, so they had a bunch of positive IDs, positive in air quotes, right? Lots of people came forward and said they knew the Somerton man. They didn't because remember they had pictures. They have death pictures of him, and they published those. They also made a plaster cast of his kind of like his upper shoulders through his head. Um, but they published the pictures, so he had tons of people coming out and saying, "I know that dude." Why would this claim that he had had a drink with a man that he swore was the Somerton man about two and a half weeks before he died in Glenelg? And he said he had seen that man's uh, pension card, and it said the last name Solomonson. If so, that was two and a half weeks before he died, so he's in Glenelg drinking with this guy, and then comes back two and a half weeks later to, to die. That I don't know. That's that's almost certainly nonsense. Um, two people came forward. Two different witnesses came forward and said, "We know who that guy is. That's our friend Robert Robert Waltz Walsh. He's a woodcutter." And then, and then a day or two later, a third witness chimed in and said, "Yeah." That's Robert Walsh. We know him. Uh, the problem was he was too old to be Robert Walsh, and he had these soft, you know, yeah. non-woodcutter hands. Yeah. <laughs> All my woodcutter friends have callous Calluses. dude up hands. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. yeah. You better. No, I do have friends that love cutting wood. Well, there you go. That's weird. What? That's not weird to you? They love no. cutting wood? Okay. We have That's a weird to me. engineering academy at my old school. Oh, what can he? Engineering. Uh, okay. My old now, school now because I graduated. Now, now wood cutting makes perfect sense because you had an engineering school. What? Um, they would cut wood and okay. make shit out okay. of it. All right. All right. No houses. Uh, so then, but then a little bit later, one of the the third witness retracted her statement and said, "No, nope, he doesn't have the right scar, so it's uh-huh. not Walsh." Oh, so where is Robert Walsh? Wouldn't exactly. they go looking missing. for him? He oh, missing. he oh, actually yeah. was missing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a semen. So he's just wanted. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, There's a semen name. I'm not a child. Okay. Demon. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, you are. That penis. <laughs> is, that, is that what you want from us? Yes. Yes. I was looking for that reaction exactly. I was hoping that Carrie go <laughs> semen. I yeah. Semen. Oh my god. Carrie's the one to do that. <laughs> she would. She would. Well, Tommy Reed, uh, a semen had gone missing, and remember the key. I'm sorry. I have a read here. And I, I, maybe I meant keen. I don't know. <laughs> what? I might have fucked up. Sorry Get about your that. shit together. I should. I mean, let me regroup here. Um, but they all agreed it wasn't Tommy. So I didn't even have to mention that. Let's just edit that out. Uh, in all... <laughs> we ain't gonna. Uh-uh. By, uh, by early 1949, remember this is the, a month or so after he was found, there were eight positive quote-unquote IDs already. How many? Eight. Uh-huh. Eight positive <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> power numbers? Let him do his Ray Charles. More of a fat Albert kind of thing going on. Maybe a Kool-Aid man. I'm going to break through your door and ruin your wall and make you pay for the repairs. I'm Kool-Aid man. Now you're um, Kermit. I didn't become Kermit that didn't I? Okay. It's Piggy. Oh, I can't do Kermit. No, that was terrible. It's Piggy. Oh. Keep your hands up. I can't rape Kermit. Oh, my God. I'm um, sorry. Sorry. She was a bit aggressive in her attentions to the Kermit the Frog. Just, you have to admit that. The Kermit the Frog. He's <laughs> <laughs> One and only. Kermit the Frog. Share. The share. The share. So, when police in Melbourne. 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 Like the trash Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne thought that the Sumpton man might be from there because the laundry marks were similar to laundry marks at a Melbourne Melbourne laundry, right? So they published this picture in the Melbourne newspapers. Uh, 28 people Uh. came forward and said, we know him. Police chased down every one of those claims and proved they were false. Uh. 
Okay. Okay. Was that Kermit? Was that? You think that was more Miss Piggy? Try a minute ago. That was Miss Piggy when she goes. I can't do it. That used to be your go-to. I can't do it. Chewbacca noise. Come on. No, Chewbacca. Go, Joe. Chewbacca. I don't know. It's been years. By November of 1953, as about four years later, police had tracked 251 solutions air quotes to the Summerton Man. None of them were real. So let's talk about some of the pretenders to the throne of who was the Summerton Man. Yes, Carrie, you're confused. I just thought there was something about a nurse or something. We'll get to that. Okay. Start, first, we'll start with H.C. Reynolds. This is a fairly recent theory in 2011. It comes from Adelaide, where a woman brought her father's military service card to a biological anthropologist named Professor Maciej Henneberg. And he's Polish, uh, but he's an eminent um, biological anthropologist. He was at, I believe, the University of Adelaide. Totally trustworthy guy. It was a U.S. Siemens identification card issued by the Department of Labor to an 18-year-old British man. Carrie's laughing at Siemens. No, I just got scolded by Jack for tapping his chair. I <laughs> thought there was an animal or something like right, knocking into my chair. And I thought you were laughing at the Siemens. I thought I was crazy. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, looked, I looked down there like <laughs> three times. Did he look for that? <laughs> I, 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 I just said, I don't know. That's, that's well spoken right there. You cannot get, get mad at me for my masterful pronunciation of words when you just said that noise. You mean, I don't know? Yeah, you just said it. I don't know. It was a word. So, well, is it recognized? Speaking of Muppets, animal. That was an, uh, uh, an exclamation. Okay, dokie. Um, so it was, it was issued to an 18-year-old British na man named H.C. Reynolds. It was stamped 28 February 1918, so that would be roughly the right age if he's boy. No, wait, hold on. That would make him 30 yeah, when he died. So Hennenberg, though, claimed that this was a young Summerton man, Summerton man. He claimed it by looking at physical features. So he said the shape of the ear. Now, we'll get to this in a minute, but um, we'll get to that in a minute, the shape of the ear. That actually becomes pretty important. He also cited similarities in the nose and lips and a mole on his face, and he positively identified, positively, that this was Summerton Man. But again, problems. I'm sorry, with all due respect, Professor Henneberg, who I assume is still alive, uh, he doesn't look very much like Summerton Man to me. I've seen both pictures. He doesn't, it's a superficial resemblance at best. He'd be only 30 when the, the medical examiner said Summerton Man was 40 to 45. What was that date? Was that 1918 date a birth date? Or was uh, it the date well, of the Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. That's my so. bad. If, if, oh, you're right. You're right. So that would have him born in 1900, so he'd be 48. My bad. I take okay. that back. Um, so even older. Yeah, he'd be a little... But in the range. Yeah. yeah. Close Remember, enough. he was in great shape. So 48 looked 42. Yeah, he was a great dancer. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. dancer. Exactly. He spectacular calves. Hell yeah. Like mine. Um... Hey, a radiologist who gave me an x-ray whispered to that person, this guy's great cats. I swear to God. Drew they lied to you. I swear. No, he didn't say it to me. He said to the other radiologist. He said, hey, I'm going to fuck with this guy. He's great cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's mean. Don't take that away from me. We done. Spit on you. Yes. <laughs> I may have. I may have spray in this whole time. I have not. Yeah. You can see yeah. that the light is... I wasn't going to say anything. Trust me. Everybody sprays it. always. You just can't see it. The, the light is just weird right now. You do have more, no. though. No. No. No, you yes. sit here next time. You'll be spraying the whole time. Trust me. I'm not gonna. She see. Okay, so <laughs> Hindenburg, um He's uh, okay. So the other problem with this, though, is that this daughter who brought this to the professor uh, was anonymous and still is to this day. So you can't, you know, 
asking more questions or, or well, what do you mean they have them. the guy's name they don't have they don't have the daughter they don't we don't know who she is she came to the professor and said here's here's uh my dad's card and, that's and it. it's hc master reynolds. reynolds well here's the other i'll get to that in just a second just, it won't just, be hard to find hc reynolds's daughter you know why why because they couldn't find hc reynolds <gasps> uh-oh they so checked the u.s national fakey. archives i bet they you feel like a fucking idiot carrie but you, should, you know what you should carrie you walked right in that night i wasn't even setting you up for that no i know well, they wow. checked the uk archives they checked the Austra- all kinds of australian records there's no hc reynolds that fits the other description so it's a uh, make it's all fake up. yeah okay. Okay. And, and also something I did is I did read <laughs> Mickey Mickey Up Yuppie. Because I'm going to talk like a four-year-old when I want. Actually, more of a two-year-old. Um, so uh, what about the date style, by the way? Tw- I, I, I've seen the card. It said 28 Feb 1918. Oh. That's not American. Yes. Yeah. Americans don't have that date style. It was a, a someone in Australia made this bullshit up and made and forged this card. Oh, they were saying yeah. that guy was supposed to be American? Yes. Oh, okay. The card, it, it, was, the card was, American. was American. The card was oh, okay. issued by the U.S. Department of Labor. It's called a Siemens Identification Card, like okay. your Virgin Marine or something like yeah. that. So it's bullshit. And I'm sorry, Professor Hanneberg, but your positive ID is... Oops. Sorry, I'm sure you're a very nice man. A rookie mistake with mm-hmm. that date. It was embarrassing. But, you know, people do that, though. You always... Like Jack yeah. the Ripper. You've had how many books? Absolute, 100% positive. I've cracked it. This You convince yourself that you got it. You figured it out. It, it's an aha moment. You saw the ear and the nose and the mole and said, oh, my God, this is him. I've cracked the case. Or, you know, this... I'm, and so, you know, you talk yourself into it. Sure. How about another a theory that is a, a theory of lost love? You know, we can make a Hallmark movie. Gay. What? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what did you say? You can't even That's pronounce it. one syllable words well. What the fuck? <laughs> I understood it. What did she say? Gay. Really? Gay. You said gay? Just like now? saying well, from I can't believe she said that. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> That's why I was, I was taken aback. Um, so what about that telephone number found in the uh, in the copy of oh, yeah. the Ruby Yacht? You well, what just, about it? Tell okay, us. What about it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Carrie's being mean. She does not take kindly to rhetorical questions. <laughs> I'm going to start dancing like that. People <laughs> dance and just spit on you. Um, it was an unlisted number that belonged to a woman named Jessica Ellen Joe Thompson. Remember that name, Jessica Thompson. Joe. Remember Jessica that name. Ellen Joe? Jessica Ellen, quote unquote, Joe. Oh, nickname. okay. Yeah. Come, Joe was an obvious diminutive of Jessica. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, he put air quotes over for a reason, I, Carrie. I Maybe you should pay attention, Carrie. I was monitoring oh, our audio, Dean. I was staring at our cap. So remember that? Me too. Oh, uh, where? On, On the, the box. box. He's oh, kind of blend you. in. Yeah, he is. He's camouflaged. <laughs> she was a 27-year-old nurse at that time in 1948-49. Originally from Sydney, but then living in Glen Elg, just about 400 meters from where the Summerton Man was found dead. Oh. Yeah, IE's metric. Yeah, that's right what in. I said meters. oh about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not it was very close. How many football fields is oh, that? Jesus. Yeah. It's about 1,200 yards. Actually, I know, that's that. pretty far. Uh, How many? Well, no, okay, whatever, Carrie. Compared, compared to everyone. Fucking else. Wait, 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 I'm so confused. Seriously, like, that's far? A USA corn dogs is that? Uh, 7,000. How, How many fingernails? How many fingernail widths? Oh, that's... How many heads? A few million. How many leagues? How many football helmets? Shit, How many clicks? No, How many no, lengths? Not, not even a one click. <laughs> it's, it's, she looked very, very nearby where he was found. Not gotcha. mom. She's like, oh, what? Three football fields? Jesus. <laughs> how would you even do that? You'd have to take a plane. You, had, you know how long a football field is? Aren't they seven miles? I, I, yeah. I assume they're 20 miles long. Yeah. Oh, 
I'm not sure. So the games are so long and nothing happens. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god! They're so boring. Bitch, by, by don't like like American anything. football, not Australian rules yeah. football. Just to be clear, oh. although I think they're similar. I don't. Know. I'm, I'm. Let's say they are. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> she says. So they went and talked to Jessica Thompson. Said, "Girl, why this guy have your phone? You're unlisted. <laughs> this guy. Why this guy?" You the one who wanted to call who that man or who that dead man? Are you gonna make fun of me? Jesus. Yes, yes, we. Yes. She very I much hope, is. I hope everybody heard that snort from Carrie just there. She did snort. Yes, it's worse. Trust me, she snort much, much worse than that. She, she, yeah. she snorted. So she said she had no idea why he would have her phone number. She didn't know who he was. Leave me out of it. She did admit that her neighbors had told her recently that they had seen a stranger in the area and he had actually knocked on one of the doors and asked about her. They knew when she was coming home. That's the, creepy. The lead investigator thought she was being very evasive when they questioned yeah, her. Yeah, I don't believe her. I don't either. He thought she knew. I don't believe Jessica Joe. <laughs> 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 Jessica, Jessica Thompson. Jones. So she asked the police, please don't identify me in your report. And they did it. They obliged. She was oh. not. Her name was not revealed until 2013. Oh, wow! So she said that being involved in this kind of case is a notorious case. Yeah, um, could bring harm to her reputation. Hmm. Who is she? A so nurse. They, they, so oh. nurse. So they gave her a pseudonym. Yeah, Justin, J E S T Y N. That's not a name. A pseudonym they gave her. They also gave her the name Teresa Johnson Nay Powell. Because you know, good lord, someone like is like an amateur novelist. <laughs> yes. yes. They make up a backstory for her too. <laughs> Random I'm gonna do this. I don't want to be a cup forever. She's left-handed. Her favorite color is dusty. <laughs> and she was torn by love at an early age. She was engaged to a man named Prosper Thompson at the time. I said engaged. Prosper. Um, and her family did not know that she was questioned for the case. So that's she said. You know, I don't want my husband to, to find out. I don't want anybody to find out that you questioned me in this in this notorious case. Why is she so secretive? Yeah. Oh my God! Look what my next line is. Why the secrecy? Oh, look at me! I have why hide it from her family. ESP was Summerton Man a former flame <gasps> or a current affair? When she was shown a. a, a you mean, I, I thought that, uh, that horrible TV show when you said that just... Oh. Uh, 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 don't I don't know. I'm too we, young for that. She was sh- shown a plaster... Remember they made this plaster cast of him? Yeah. She was shown... They brought that plaster cast with them, presumably pictures as well. But when they showed her the plaster cast made from the man's head and shoulders, she reacted as if, quote, completely taken aback. Oh. She um, f- almost fainted, looked away, refused to look at the cast again, but claimed she didn't know him. So oh my god! Oh, I've never heard. Of I don't, don't know trust. Who that is. Were these uh, male cops? I went to go question her. Yes, probably. She probably went in 1948. Yeah. Oh, and it was like reacted, and yeah, like, she almost doubled over. Hysterical <laughs> woman. She was hit by the vapors. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, let's assume that she did look like. She recognized him and then denied it. Yeah, I still think she's lying, though. I think she's lying, too. She also, she's covering something up. Yes. Mm-hmm. She also... Oh, wait. Say something. I'm going to drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Was that Chewbacca? Don't you Chewbacca on your drinking? Quick, quick. I have to say something. Adeline. Why did you come back with your, your earlier word? Uh, glug, glug, glug. Or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> Jessica... Oh, admitted God. to having owned a copy of the uh, Ruba Yacht in 1945 while she was working at a hospital in Sydney during the war. She had given the copy to an army army lieutenant named Alf Boxel. Alf. He was in the service then as a watcher engineer. 
I going to say water warrior. He's a water warrior. <laughs> she admitted to receiving a letter from Boxall after the war, but she had to tell him that, oh, I, mo- I moved to Melbourne and um, I'm married, which she wasn't. Oh. Uh, in fact, though, because Prosper Thompson, I guess some investigators have looked up records of Prosper Thompson, right? He didn't get his divorce until 1949, and they actually didn't marry until 1950. So she's gone by the name Jessica Thompson, but she's not really married yet to Prosper. Prosper. So was Boxall, and she was dating a married man, and she's worried about her reputation. Well, see, I think that that Prosper represented a better life for her, and she didn't want it fucked up by a former flame. His name is Prosper. He was, not- yeah. he was notorious. Remember, the Sumter man yeah. was a big deal, and he was he was dead, possibly murdered on a beach. So she yeah. wanted nothing to do with that. Or, or it gets even more nefarious than that. So anyway, so was this guy Alf Boxel that she'd given the copy of the Rubaiyat to back in 1945? Was he the Sumter man? He um, was he there to you know like take one more stab at love to see if there's anything any sparks? Maybe they had had an affair during his hospital stay. Uh, maybe he knew he was going to die, and and so maybe, or maybe it was a suicide. You know, she she turned him down one last time, and he offed himself on the beach. That was a theory, anyway. It wasn't true because. Al Boxa was found in July of 1949 living quite alive in Sydney. Yes, he was living alive. Sure. All right. Living <laughs> alive. <laughs> Is that what you got for that? <laughs> he still had, by the way, the copy of the Rubaiyat that Thompson had given them. Oh. What? Well, it was only four years later. Uh, no, had, I know, but... So it wasn't him and it wasn't his copy of the book. Rather coincidental. Rather coincidental. Again, uh, coincidental. Again, <laughs> for the 11th to 10th time, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. yes, she was handing out these rubayats. The rubayat is a, is a critical part of this story. Well. What, and, and, and his copy. So he gave his copy to the police to take a look at. Yes, the words Tamon Shu were still there. Okay. And moreover, she had signed it. Justin. Oh. So what? She had signed it. So That's a nickname of hers. Oh, she remember when it. they called her Justin? Yep, that's yeah. weird. They called. It is weird. So. The police called her that too. I don't know if she told them to call her that or what. But oh. it was. It was. Um, I don't know. Or is it some kind of a code name? I don't know. <gasps> oh, you're Jess setting comes things from up. Jessica, I am. Because our next theory is summoned to the man, master spy. Yeah. Bum, bum, yeah. This is a dominant theory in the summoned to man case, the Tom Shoot case. I like that it. He was a spy. He was connected to Jessica Thompson, who was connected to Alf Boxel. Al Boxel, remember the man, the man who met Jessica back in the, in the hospital? Who's living alive in Sydney. Has uh-huh. the other copy out of Rubiat. Who also, she had given a copy of the Rubiat to. Uh, Al Boxel was part of a special operations unit in Australia and rose to the ranks very, very rapidly. So some people think he was a spy. If so, does Boxel and Summerton both having copies of the Rubiat make all three of those people connected somehow? Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. I say so. Why? This, this, basically they used it for their code, probably, that's, right? That's the thought. That's the thought. The, the, so this is sort of the evidence for him being a spy, right? Yeah. And that would, the Rubiat as some kind of a code. Because we'll, we'll get into a minute, oh, God damn it, <laughs> of, of, of code. But, but using a what's called a single cipher code, which is a specific book, is almost unbreakable. Mm-hmm. So um, Carrie's narrowing her eyes at me. What, why are you doing that? What do you mean? Indecipherable. Like, like the like, book I'm would sorry, be the key. Uh, not, not, yes. With, if you have the key and you have the book and it's a one-time key, the outside world is not going to decipher that encryption ever. Okay. It's virtually impossible. Um, well, we talked about that in the, in the last podcast. In a, in a, uh, Ricky McCormick. Ricky McCormick. Ricky McCormick yeah. Podcast. Oh, yeah, Ricky. That's right. Uh, so why were there no fingerprints found on some demand? Remember, they, they, they had fingerprints and they looked everywhere, at least in Australia, 
uh, and they found no fingerprints. Fingerprints on on what? For what? They cannot match his fingerprints to any. Oh, other. okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Which, you, I, you know, to me, that's not that stunning. Yeah, it yeah. just no, means they weren't in the system. Today. Yeah, he's just yeah, not exactly. in the system somehow. But all, I believe all military people were would have been fingerprinted. But, but if you also, if you're a spy, they probably take yours exactly. out of there. Exactly. Exactly. Stealth. Uh, still, no one, and also just no one ever coming forward and saying and and accurately identifying him that's also weird as well um there also were some shady demons possible by the popo by the polies at the time wow the suitcase and this is this is a little uh, stretch I'll, I'll admit the suitcase by the way was destroyed in 1986 as quote unquote no longer needed uh, bullshit but even earlier than that back in the early 60s or I, I, i'm not sure when other evidence such as some of the witness statements and the copy of the rubiot have gone missing what? We no longer have that actual copy of the Rubiot that the guy who found it in his car gave to the police. It's gone. It's gone. Are you kidding? Don't know where it is. Again, that can. I mean, in fairness, that could just happen. You know, you move yeah. out place, all your stuff, or so. You know, someone had access back there, took that because again, it's exactly, a it's famous. Case. Oh, yeah. that's a true. famous case. Someone yeah. probably took it. But it's a world famous case, so it it's even more egregious. Yeah, it is. But also, okay, if he's not a spy, why the code? Who yeah. does that? No one ever cracked the code, so it was. A pretty goddamn good code again thousands of people have tried over the years a retired detective named uh, Gary Feltis has written about the case and he thought that um, one of the lines wasn't this acronym that stood for it's time to move to South Australia Mosley Street oh Mosley God. Street was the street that Jessica Thompson lived on that to me is just fitting words to letters. Yes. Remember we talked about Rick and McCormick. Yeah. Where where You're people, right. I mean, there were yeah. tons of letters and people would fit these ridiculous long sentences, and and you, so it's like numerology. It's just it's mm. it's nonsense. I, I I still think it was a code, not an acrostic. Um, that specific edition of the Rubiat was incredibly rare, insanely rare. I mentioned this is little New Zealand. It was, a, it was a translation from an old from an old translation printed by this little New Zealand firm. Um, the New Zealand firm, by the way, had no other copies. Oh. And um, again, as I mentioned, as long as, as you and the person you're communicating with have a copy, this is ideal for spy communication. So what would you use? You, it, it, you, know, you might use oh, the King James Bible. That's easy. Everybody has one of those. But if you yeah. give a very rare copy of edition of something to the person you can communicate with and they have the single time use code that's uh, even much 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 safer yeah and it's odd if he wasn't some kind of a spy that you'd have a book like that that was so rare and in three people that all were connected by this book although his edition of the book the uh, um out boxes was not the exact same edition this new zealand oh. edition of it uh but but the proof that the rubriot copy that sumter man had to this day, no one has ever found another copy of that. Not one. Wow. Maybe that's why they stole it. It's worth a shitload of money someday. Yeah. But if, if unless someone sold it to a you know a rich guy secretly, it's never been, it's never yeah. surfaced. So all and of course the labels. You know yeah. why does someone take all their labels? If someone to man was a spy, um, wouldn't he have just had a, a, a I don't know. Some people think that he'd just have a cover name and he'd leave that cover name on all his labels, but. He did, in some sense, if, if T. Keen was a cover name. But no, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's reasonable to assume a spy might also just try to make clothes as unidentified as possible. Especially right. if there's decoys. Yeah. How about that bus ticket? Why did he have an unused bus ticket to Henley Beach? This is me theorizing, so I don't know if this means anything. But 
you know, did he not know? Did he get to Adelaide not knowing where he's ultimately going? Because he bought that bus ticket once he got to Adelaide to Henley Beach that he did not use. So he think I'm gonna have to go there, and he didn't. Um, did he f uh, find out he actually needed to go to Glen Elg, not to uh, Henley Beach? Uh, was he just keeping his options open? Like I, I'll get two tickets, so I can you know lose my tail at the last second, and one goes to Henley Beach, and one, I, a different uh, goes to Glen. Elg. I don't know. So, but why why would you buy a ticket? For someplace and not not use it. it was, yeah. he, he bought it. It was it, that that train was leaving soon when he bought it, and he didn't use it. Instead, got a took a bus into Glen Elk. That just seems weird. Yeah. Huh. What anyone what is what anyone but a spy know about Digitalis? If if he consumed it himself, if it was suicide, that it's it's something that the average person clearly would not know about. Yeah. Back in those days, you couldn't Google yeah. weird ass rare exactly poison shit. You wouldn't. And don't um, spies, when they're found out, oftentimes commit suicide. Yep. And and would you justify it's something like cyanide, this? Usually cyanide, right? That's, yeah. Oh, that's just because we saw Wonder Woman yesterday, and that's what the spy <laughs> did in that movie. Yeah. But it's yeah. always a little cyanide pill. That's true because yeah. it's the fastest acting point yeah. that you know. Yeah, like that's true. Shit. I know, which seems really dangerous yeah. to me. Like, oh, oh shit! I just what? bit my cyanide. Right. Oh god! Oopsie. There's like there's a movie or something where like it was like inside yeah. the dude and he like smashed his face oh, on the yeah. interrogation table yes and then to yeah, activate it yeah yeah so Grant, you just gotta smash your face smash your face don't do it smash your faces um so okay now uh, a one police officer in fact thought that he was from eastern europe because he thought that it wasn't digitalis the the poison it was some kind of a crazy soviet you know secret lab of kind course of thing the problem is witnesses spoke to him i think and no one ever you know, said he had any kind of a of a thick accent, so I think that's <laughs> probably bullshit. So anyway, uh, um, there were also possibly some shitty characters in Adelaide at the time. Listen to this. Years later, so take it maybe with a grain of salt, a woman who worked at a hotel right across the street from the Adelaide train station claimed that she remembered a man had been staying there the few days prior to the Summerton man's death. He checked out on the same day, November 30th, that the Summerton man got there. This man at the hotel carried a small little black case like a doctor might carry. And, and the witness claimed that one of the other employees of the hotel had like looked into it, I don't know, just rifled it, curious, and had found a Hazel. Uh, syringe. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, she's going upstairs. Our dog is trying to sneak. She's a sneaky little bee. She's just looking. She's just checking it out, man. Leave her alone. Okay, so anyway. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that, again, that, that, that witness didn't come forward to years later, so I don't know if I would buy it. Uh, so, um, but if he was murdered and not suicide, I, in my mind, the case for a spy is actually quite stronger. Uh, the case for murder, because the case for murder is like what? The perfect poison, the position of the body that to a lot of people looks like he was put there. Yeah. No, um, the, the clean ass shoes. Clean ass shoes. The attempts to hide his identity. Yeah. If he didn't do it himself, they did. Right. You know? You know? And the sandy cuffs and the other, yeah. other pants. Mm hmm. The code in the copy of the Rubyette, which ah. implies that he was trying to communicate secretly. The slip of paper with Tom on shoot on it. Uh, the difficulty in identifying him. All these things point to his being a spy. The witness who supposedly saw a man carrying a man to that spot on the beach, although I don't buy that. Um, but if he was murdered, why wouldn't they have taken the copy of the Rubyette? Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. You know what? Actually, I take that back. Because if, if he had known he was being tailed or, or knew the jig was up, he just tossed it in the exactly, guy's car yeah. to, so they didn't yeah. find it on him. So he I take had, that back. yeah. Just really yeah. quickly and really slightly just throw it in the yeah. back. But then why did he have the piece cut out and rolled up in his pocket? To hide it from them. 
it was a key to the code. Oh, yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Like right, if, right. if if the person he wanted to give that to or would 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 see the words Tom I'm sure they know. Okay, that's the Ruby. Yeah. I need to, you know. Yeah. Connect it. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's possible. It's possibly the way. Uh, but there's some other threads, some other really, really weird threads that also paint this picture of being a spy. Um, in June of 1949, so that's, again, about six, seven months after he died, seven months, let's say, the body of a two-year-old boy named Clive Magnus- Magnuson, Mang- Magnuson oh. was found in a sack on Largs Bay. It's about 12 miles from Summerton Beach. His father, Keith Magnuson, was lying next to him unconscious. Keith, the father, was was unable to say anything what happened, and eventually they put him in a mental institution. He was just out of it. They had been missing for days, and it was not clear what had killed the boy. So why is this relevant, you're asking? Yeah, I'll tell you why. I am. The boy's mother, Roma Magnuson, had been threatened by a man in a mask who nearly ran her down, telling her, quote, keep away from the police or else. Why is that relevant? Because that same or similar man had been lur- lurking around and um, apparently Keith, the husband, her, her husband, the boy's father who was found dead, had been telling the police he knew who the Sumter man was. He was oh. an old work colleague from before the war named Carl Thompson. Other people, like I, I think it even said the mayor or the vice mayor or, or, or the newspaper editor, something like that, in um, Adelaide had been called and people had, had essentially said, tell Roman Magazine and the magazines to butt out. And to stop talking to the police, so that's weird. We're, we're, we're the husband and the boy, you know, kind of like saying, "Shut up." Uh, a warning? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but um, or was it just a hoax, piggybacking on this incredibly famous case at the time and, and looking for oh. the fifteen minutes of fame, or, or, or you know, not not wanting to believe that her husband killed their son, and so she had this whole crazy, you know, kind of spy story. I don't know. I don't know. Well, but it matched with what the newspaper guys did, right? Yes, it does. Exactly. So So she didn't make it up. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Another case, though, that also has tendrils into the Summerton Man case is happened in 1945 near Sydney. Shut up. I can use the word tendrils. (laughs) She's looking at me like... (laughs) I'm smiling for a completely unrelated reason. Is it because you flaked nail polish onto me just now? Don't flake nail polish. (laughs) You're having a hard day, Carrie. Poor Jack messes it next to me. Scaring Jack by touching his chair. Come on, man. I just felt like I, I thought I got like uh, rice and pelleted for a little bit there. Like I just got killed. Yeah, killed. Okay, let's go through this. Bit. Yeah. Um, so this man was named George Marshall. He died in 1945 near Sydney. He was found with an open copy of what book on his chest? Uh, Cor- Cor- Christopher Ru- Rubicon. Oh, the Rubiot. <laughs> Rubicon. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Christopher Robin. The Rubiot. That's it. He was. He was believed to have been dead by suicide by poisoning himself. This was two months before Jessica Thompson, then Jessica Harkness, gave a copy of the Rubiot to Al Boxel in the hospital. Marshall... Gary Marsh, uh, Gary Marshall. <laughs> this is before Laverne and Shirley. So, uh, George Marshall was found very near. He died very near that hospital where Thompson worked and Boxall was a patient at the time. A witness who had testified at the inquest into Marshall's death was found dead two weeks later, face down in a bathtub, her wrist slit. Ooh. 
They're trying to make it look like a suicide. And Marshall's copy of the Rubaiyat? Gone. It was not only rare, oh. it shouldn't have existed. What? It With a flyleaf, indicated it was a seventh edition by this London publisher. They went to that London publisher that only had five editions of that book. <gasps> Where's what? the sixth? Um, some people think it was an invention. And same with some Germans copy. It was oh. essentially a... a a fake At that edition? Point, a pretty sophisticated spy network would have to do that. A fake yeah. book, essentially. What? Made to look like a real book, but not a real book. Yeah. They they produced it. They physically produced it. Yeah, you got to have some money and yeah. some funding for that. What? I mean, it's a perfect copy of this book that does exist. A rare book, but still a book that does, does exist, but it's not a real book, hmm. essentially. Yeah, um, I'm going to say MI6. So all those things point to Summer to Man being a spy. I have one more theory. Summer to Man, baby daddy. What? Of who's just 10? Exactly. Um, a University of Adelaide professor named Derek Abbott. Oh. He took on the case in 2009. He's going to crack the code, crack the case, right? So he started looking into it. One thing he thought was that those cigarettes, remember those cigarettes, the Conceitas with the cheap cigarettes? Oh. What? Yeah, I looked those up. And yes. it, it said they're also Scottish. Whatever. They're cheap. The, the idea was that they're, they're cheap cigarettes, and they were put into the Army Club uh, box that was... Uh, nice cigarettes and that was not 1948 there's still uh -huh. rationing there and that was not uncommon yeah. you wanted to be impressive when you got your cigarettes out and it was a, a expensive and you put cheap cigarettes in well, there right and that was the thing about army man or mm -hmm. whatever army club. club army club army man, <laughs> army man. That's good. rubicon army man you talk like a four i did i didn't focus on this when i mm -hmm. looked it up but they were made they were in very nice copper yes. tins okay Ooh. oh okay so, that so yeah so you put your cheap cigarettes in your nice one hey, the problem Derek abbott looked into this and he actually found out that conceitas were the more expensive brand what so why would you put the expensive brand in a, in a cheaper package for cigarettes because well, the army club yeah club. cigarettes they were in a nice tin i know the tin was nice the cigarettes might not have been yeah. great brand that could be it that could be it maybe he wanted to be subversive Ooh, yeah he's a hipster or as abbott theorized the cigarettes were the vehicle for the poison ah someone had given him those cigarettes and he had put them into his army club tin oh i see um not pre just suggestive let's let's say it's the old cigarette switch switch a is how you kill someone never know how about that code professor abbott Derek abbott looked at that and he said that he decided the code followed the same quatrain format of the Rubaiyat, which implies to him that it was a one-time patent encryption algorithm. That is the, the kind of thing where, you, where the code is tied to the copy of a single book with a single use key. You use that key, you decode it, you toss the key, no one can ever do it again. Yeah. It's virtually uh, undecryptable. That's hopeless. Problem is, the Summer to Man book was, as I mentioned, was lost, so he couldn't, you know, he couldn't go any further in that. Uh, we have the the pictures of it of, of the the important pages, but we don't have the book to look at, unfortunately. But here's the most interesting part of his research, though. He looked into the whole Jessica Thompson thing, right? She was the one who lived only only three football fields away, which the Carrie is is most as a, a continent. It's days. Oh my God, days that's so far. Um, he so he looked in he he um, looked at the Summer Japan pictures and and noticed that he had a very strange ear. The upper hollow of his ear, called the Simba, not the lion, spelled differently. Simba, like a C. C-Y-M-B-A. Yeah. The Simba was the upper hollow of the ear. Everybody's going to have to have someone look at their ear. And or just it. feel it. Or feel it, because the Simba is always... His Simba was larger than the lower hollow, called the cavum. Oh, I see. It's only true in 1% or 2% of the population. 
It's extremely rare. So yeah, we feel like your your um your uh, oh, the upper hollow weird. is typically smaller than your yeah. lower hollow. I mean, think about it. Mine I, is. I've never seen one with an upper hollow larger than the low. I mean, you had those pictures of his ears. It looks weird once you realize. Ooh, that shouldn't be. It looks like <laughs> an odd ear. Um, so could we use this genetic trait to track down his relatives and 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 maybe figure out who he was? Maybe. Here's one more though. He also had hypodontia on both lateral incisors. Sounded like a scientist there, I admit. Yeah, he did. Hypodontia is a genetic genetic disorder where some teeth just simply don't grow in. Yeah. So a couple of his lateral incisors didn't grow in, which would suck. Yeah. Um, this is all, this also is only found in about one or two percent percent of the population. So more yeah. on that later. Uh, again. More on that later. So Abbott got a picture of Jessica Thompson's oldest son. His name is Robin. <gasps> It shows that Robin had, you guessed it, a larger Simba than a Cavum cavum and hypodontia. Bitch. Son. Chances of that being true, according to Derek Abbott, are, and, and he not being related to at the Summerton Man, is one in about 10 to 20 million. Oh, yeah, they fucking. So. <laughs> Y'all fucking. Baby was, daddy. Robin was 16 months old in 1948. Robin died in 2009, though, just <gasps> before. Oh. Derek Abbott started doing this research. Um, the idea, though, is that he was passed off as Prosper Thompson's son, even though not with those years before. They, before right. they, um, is that another reason why she might have been quick to marry him? Very much. Very possible. She was legitimizing the, the child while the child was still young, and you know, hopefully, people wouldn't notice. And also, um, Thompson, as you recall, only married. Jessica Prosper. Jessica got married in, in 1950 after he got divorced in 49. Yeah. But. Uh, they were also they were likely already in a relationship, of course, before the Summerton Man died. Abbott, Derek Abbott, wants to uh, exhume the Summerton Man to be sure, but the government won't let him. That's just disrespectful. It's not a good enough reason. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. You know, nothing. It's just a, a it's historical significance. It's not going to solve R is the man trying to repress him. I don't know. You 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 would judge. So is the man trying to rep- repress them? Trying to prevent yeah. the truth from coming out. I tried to do Australian accent. It was just. Oh, was that Australian? I didn't oh. know. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> Say the two sentences go. Uh, uh, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. So, um, Jessica Thompson was not positively ID'd as the woman the police had talked to again until ni- until 2013. It came oh, out when her daughter shit. Kate admitted it on a t- like a TV show. Admitted what? That, that it was her mom that was. Uh, uh, that had her phone number in the Summerton Man's book and was questioned by the police oh, way back in 1948, 49. Okay. So again, that wasn't known. Remember she had gone under this, this Justin or the whatever the name yeah. uh, pseudonym on in the police reports. So they had kept her identity a secret until 2013 when her family admitted it. Um, she was dead. Yeah. I the doddle, the dot, the doddle? <laughs> the, do- the doctor also said that her mother admitted that she had lied to the police about not knowing the Summerton Man. Shit, mm-hmm. she telling her shit kids everything. Yeah. Damn, I wouldn't. And, tell and now her her kids are telling. I know that's why I wouldn't tell anybody, even my kids. His daughter's like, I got the good tea. I got the goods on my mom, and I'm gonna tell everyone who that dead person was. Yeah, if y'all ever murder somebody, don't tell us. Well, she didn't murder him. We we haven't told or, you yet. Whatever. Yeah. Sure. Oh shit. Perfect. Smart. Put some doubt into you right there. You can tell my secrets after I die. That's fine. Really? Oh, okay. Then sure. tell me everything. She's a drunk. Um, she's not a secret. It's not everybody knows that. <laughs> Every Trader Joe's knows that. Um, Trader Joe's. That's where she buys all of her alcohol. That's um, a lot. All that. Like, Bevmo. You're right. Bevmo. Wine. Bevmo. What? Bevmo knows that. She knew. 
the daughter knew. I'm sorry. The daughter said that her mom knew the Sumter man, and that that um, she said, "quote He was known to a, a level higher than the police force." Oh, uh, uh, again, implying yeah, super spy. Uh, she believed her mother and the Sumter man were both spies, and also commented that her mother spoke fluent Russian. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I thought you were going to say Persian. I don't think she's trying to throw her mom. It wasn't a good relationship, and she's throwing her mom under the bus yeah. or what. But that's oh, what maybe. she said. That's what the daughter said. Anyway. Maybe she thought people want, needed to know. Maybe so. Maybe so. Robin Thompson, you recall her son, uh, who died in 2009, he left behind a widow, right? That widow sure. more or less concurred with what Jessica's daughter How she had knows. said. She was the daughter in law of, of Jessica Thompson, right? The widow said that Sumter Man was Robin's biological father. Ooh. So she said, yes, he was my husband's, my, my dead husband's biological father. She, um, uh, and she also wanted to help. And she, in 2013, she also asked to have the Sumter Man exhumed with a supposed fam- familial connection, but they said no for the same reasons. Uh, Roma and uh, Robin, Robin's daughter I was, uh, Roman, uh, Roman and, and um, Roma was the husband of um, I'm sorry the wife, the wife of, of, of Robin of Robin no 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 forget Wait, that I know what? same name oh okay Confusing. I was very confused okay never mind uh, this is called this is called uh, uh, Robin's wife okay Robin is Jessica's son okay I got it <laughs> he was married to a different Roma they had a daughter named Rachel so they hey. genetically tested Rachel. Right. Why mom make a all an, the R's? Robin, Roma, Rachel. Well, yeah, but you also made an icky face at your daughter's name just now. <laughs> yeah. Well, different reason, I'm sure. If Rachel is really Sumter Man's granddaughter, again, assuming Robin yes. is Sumter Man's son, then Sumter Man. So they did, they genetically tested Rachel and they found out. And if that familial connection is there, if she is the granddaughter of the Sumter Man, then he was almost certainly American. Oh, more to the point. He was from the mid-Atlantic states of the East Coast, like well, that's Virginia rather specific. or Maryland. How did I know that? that? I have yeah. no idea. Genetic uh, crazy shit. Genetic magic. Magic. I, genetic. I don't believe that. Oh, Jesus. Seriously, Carrie? Yeah. Why? You don't think they can they can no. pinpoint a, a region of a country? No. I do. Not necessarily. Well, it seems funny with America, because usually when I think yeah. of, like, they were from the south of France, or I think... I know. Well, I don't know if this is pertinent or not, but he even had a little bit of Native American in him. Like all Americans. Yeah, I, mean, I think they do. Bitch was 116th Cherokee. Yeah. You don't. I don't, but I thought I did for most of my life, so. You were lied to. Go to hell. We're 1 256th Chippewa, so we know how it feels. Coming from the scholarships, what's up? <laughs> so were they spies in love? Yes. Or even just two people in love? Did yes. they have a child together? Yes. And that was illicit for spies. They weren't supposed to do that, presumably. Oh, yes. Right? Did Jessica desperately want to keep Sumter Man at arm's length because she was getting married? She's going to have this normal life finally with with Prosper Thompson. So when he came a knocking, she said, "Get the hell out of here!" And did he then? Did he then? Did, <laughs> did he, he then? So who that say, daddy? We can say who that that guy. And yeah. You say did he then? Did he then? Because wait, that be Diddy. You need to make a club right now called Diddy Den. <laughs> yes. Pay me later. Okay. If, if, if otherwise, that weird, the weird ear and the weird um, teeth is just the, the most amazing coincidence ever. True. Yeah. So I, I uh, years later. Also, by the way, someone started leaving flowers on Summit to Man's grave anonymously. Police did uh, did question because a woman was seen leaving the cemetery at one, after one of those incidences, but she denied ever 
have any connection was that woman Jessica Thompson probably so <laughs> so what's the answer here uh, the code and a slip of paper with some shoot on it the missing labels the strange stuff in his bag the lack of any identification the okay, inability wait, have... to, to ever um, identify the body the association with a woman who was likely involved in some kind of espionage all of these things say some man was a spy of some sort uh, for who for we don't know what's your question um, your mom tells you she lied to the police regarding the most famous mysterious death mm-hmm. in your country mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that he's probably your father mm. and you don't ask her what his real name was she didn't say he was probably your father they determined that later with genetic uh. testing when when uh, dr abbott got into okay it. but so your mom you, she lied to the police about this very famous yes. case, and mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you don't make her tell you what the guy's real name was. Uh, maybe she wouldn't go that far. I don't know. That's, That's true. Maybe she wouldn't tell. She, all she all she said was that I really did know him. I lied to the police. I would make my mother tell me. Well, I'm holding a gun. Your mother wasn't a spy, and therefore I would never able let to her withstand. see her grandchildren until oh, she you're told a monster. me. You're a monster. Wow. You're just, really? Fuck. Yeah. Oh, God. Is her Jesus. secret, Harry? Vindictive. Yeah, you are the No, nope, you can't tell me part of it. You got to tell me everything. Oh my god! That's my king one. No one tell Carrie anything. I know. That's how you never get told nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> People tell me everything. No, they don't. <laughs> you only think they do, but they don't. So now you should go harass them until they do. Well, so if it's my mother, it's a different story. Yeah, you harass your mom. Yeah, she'll be the shit out of her mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom knows about my fist. Um, but the pair, I, I don't know what that means. Physical. I, I said it won't last. Oh, really? Okay, that's that's fine. So psychological torture. That's good. Yeah. God. It's light waterboarding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bad. <laughs> so, how about the apparent relationship with Jessica Thompson? Her, she uh, lied, obviously, about knowing him. Uh, her apparent connect, the apparent connection to her son, probably the baby daddy. All all those things, and the, all those things point to him being a baby daddy, right? So you have now you have both a spy and a baby daddy all wrapped in one. <laughs> That's a messy ass situation. It is. It is. She, I mean, but you know, she gave copies of the Rubiat to Alf Boxel. This other guy who died nearby had a Rubiat. Some man had a copy of the Rubiat. To me, it, it does sound like, and, and then the, obviously the connections of some man to Jessica Thompson with the uh, phone number and the fact that we were the almost certain fact that she did indeed know him. All those things point to this, you know, Point to both a spy network that these people were involved in, and these the Summerton man and Jessica were at the center of, and that they and that they had a relationship and had a child together. Right. And that he came to see her on that final fateful day. Right. Why he did, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, was she was he, was she there? To, was he there to warn her? Was he there to take one more stab and say let's run away together? I don't know. I don't know. But. Um, Introduce me to my son. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. She, yeah, that's 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 a good one too. So, um, so why he was there, I don't know. But whether or not he committed suicide or murder, or or it was murder, that's up in the air as well. Recall this though. What does Taman shoot actually mean? That it, it, it has ended. Finished. It is ended or finished. In modern English, it just means the end. Oh, so yeah. he had those two words in his pants pocket when he lied down on that seawall in Summerton Beach in December, on November 30th, 1948, and then died. Um, I don't know. I don't know. To me... Maybe she killed him. Or... Well, 
was someone's message she was a nurse or was it a very clever ruse by his murderers to put those two words in his pocket yeah Mm -mm -mm. that's what I'm saying she's connected to medicine she's connected to him and she's connected to the book I like it you're saying she killed him but was digitalis back then used as a medicine but she's a spy so she has access to digitalis she gives him something in something she feeds him there because she says "I, I didn't see him maybe she did see him maybe he did come in a spy turned nurse and and she um gave him that to eat it's slow acting he goes for a walk on the beach yep because remember she's very nearby he feels his heart starts to race he feels a little bit funky i'll lay down here i'll be okay he never gets up again oh yeah Mm-hmm. i'm not saying she did it but she might have I or it could have been the, some you know the spies pursuing him remember he's buying the two tickets and things like that he might know he's, he's pursued and they might have caught up with him there's the guy in the hotel with the although i, I think that story is probably bullshit yeah but there are you know it's possible there's something like that or it's possible they, they weren't spies and they did they did have this you know they were just sort of they had a relationship before he got her pregnant he, maybe he found out she had this kid and he was going there to like you said mm-hmm. see the kid I like the spy yeah I like, I like the, the spy. spy too that made a cool movie yeah how, how, is, how has ABC in Australia not done that yet uh, maybe they have hey Australian friends and listeners tell us if they've made any kind of a Summer to Man movie and, I can't um, believe you didn't look that up I did not look that up how dare um, but that's it that's it for the, the amazing story of the Summer to Man which we solved which I think we did. Yeah. Next week, we will again, please join us for the amazing, almost as amazing story of the Isdal Woman mystery death, or as Carrie likes to call it, Who Dad Dead Person. There you go. <laughs> or, that. No, Dad's notes like to call it the mystery's deaths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a typo. Um, okay, that's it. Carrie, tell them they can find us. They know already, so you don't even care anymore, do you? No. Nope. You son of a bitch. Facebook. Know. People know how to use the Google. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. See you guys. Goodbye. Give us a bit. <laughs>